Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. It's a blessing to be back. The last few Sundays have felt a bit empty in the evenings. We carry on where we left off last year, Proverbs chapter 3. Tonight we are going from verse 13 to 35, Proverbs 3, 13 to 35. <clears throat> It reads as follows. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to all those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion and there will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down you will not be afraid. When you lie down your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power to do it Do not say to your neighbor go and come again tomorrow I'll give it when you have it with you Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor. but fools get disgrace let us pray oh lord we have we have lifted our voices in song and sung your praises we did so in faith lord that the eternal god the living god hears us and so lord even now as we open your word we do so in faith that the eternal god the living god will speak unto us so speak to us lord speak speak to us in spite of the inadequacy of the speaker 
May your word achieve its ends this evening. I pray this in your name. Amen. I have here in my notes six points. Six points. Verse 13 to 15, the value of wisdom. Verse 16 to 18, the benefits of wisdom. Verse 19 to 20, the source of wisdom. Verse 21 to 26, the safety and security of wisdom. Verse 27 to 30, the practicality of wisdom. And then finally, verse 31 to 35, the end of wisdom. There's some overlap here and there, but that is the general structure of what lies before us this evening. Firstly, the value of wisdom. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit far better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing, nothing you desire can compare with her. There is a a blessing that comes with the wisdom of God. There is a joy to us, a happiness to it. Its value surpasses that of all earthly riches, more than silver, more than gold, more than precious jewels. And so this is a value proposition. Remember, Solomon is addressing his son here. My son, this is it. This is it. It doesn't get better than this. If you are to chase after anything in this life, may it be this. If you are to invest your time and efforts into anything in this life, may it be this. This should be it. Nothing you desire, nothing you desire can compare to her. Here's a question. What? What do you desire? What what is of value to you sitting there tonight? Now, if, if, if this was a test, if this was a test and we, we had to make a list of things, ordering them by value, I have no doubt the good Christians that we are, of course, God would be number one. And if we had to ask the question, true or false, knowing God, being a Christian, salvation, our sins being forgiven, being made right with God, true or false, these things are far more valuable than anything else on this world or on this earth. I have no doubt most of us would say true. But I am amazed. I am amazed I speak for myself. Maybe, maybe you are better Christians than I. I am amazed at how often I, I open my Bible and I am unmoved by the word of the living God. I am amazed at how little it grips me. I am amazed at how a few verses in, usually my eyelids grow a little heavier and my yawning more frequent. I am amazed even sitting here among the saints, singing songs of praise, listening to the word of God. I am amazed at how easily my mind wanders to sinful thoughts. We have, we have these wonderful truths. God is sovereign. God is wise. God is powerful. Early in chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
I'm amazed. I'm amazed when the storms of life come, how quickly, how quickly my trust for God is shaken and how quickly I tend to lean on my own understanding. I'm amazed sometimes at how long it takes me to do the simple Christian task of turning to my God in prayer. I'm amazed. Two two brief parables from Matthew 13 that snuck their way into my notes. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Value informs action. If you know the value of that which you have, it ought to inform your behavior towards it. And so I ask again, what is it that you desire? Do you accept Solomon's value proposition that this is of surpassing worth to all other things in this world? Is, is, this, is this valuable? to you? Are the things of God valuable to you? Christian, it is imperative that we find value in the wisdom of God and the things of God. These are not extracurricular activities to our faith. This is our faith. My son, Solomon says, my son, my daughter, even as you mature and grow and go through the different stages of life, please hold on to this truth. This truth is worth your time. This is valuable. Please do not grow weary of the things of God and the Word of God and the wisdom of God. There is blessing in knowing God. There is joy in it. There is value in it. And it's not a fake value. It's not a superficial value. It's not cheap jewelry that you buy and a few weeks later the shininess has left and there's plastic underneath. No, it is valuable. It is precious. The value, the value of wisdom. Secondly, verse 16 to 18, the benefits of wisdom. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Wisdom. Wisdom has its benefits. Long life, riches and honor, pleasantness. I like like that word, pleasantness. It's not filled with strife and anger and needless arguments. It's it's pleasant. It isn't filled with violence. It's peaceful. All her paths are peace. She, She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. How you experience life, that changes if you know God. How you experience life, it changes if you fear God. And it definitely changes if you look to God as your source of wisdom and truth. 
These are sweet benefits. I don't know about you, but I want a long life. <laughs> I want riches and honor, and, and even if they be not earthly riches. I want pleasantness and blessing and joy in this life. I want peace. I don't want strife or argument. It's enticing. Where, where do I sign? Where do I get this stuff? <laughs> Fear God. Look to Jesus. And you will be blessed. These are proverbs. These are proverbs. It, it doesn't mean all of us are going to get to 80 years old. <laughs> Some of us don't want to get to 80 years old. It doesn't mean all of us will have money and honor. And we live in a world of sin and violence and increasing unpleasantness. So undoubtedly, we will bump into those things in this life. But here's the principle. Here is the benefit of godliness and seeking the wisdom of God. God takes care of His own. And these things, these things true proverbially in a broken world, how much more true will they be in heaven? In heaven where we don't live long lives but we have life eternal. How much more riches and honor and pleasantness and peace will, will there be in that place where there are no tears? where wars have ceased and the battle has already been won, where we behold our God forever, how much, how much more? The benefits of wisdom. Thirdly, the source of wisdom, verse 19 to 20. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding He established the heavens. By His knowledge the deeps broke open. And the clouds drop down the dew. Wisdom. Wisdom, in case you need reminding, is not the end of intellectual study, nor is it the end of introspective self-study, but wisdom, rather, as spoken here by Solomon, is found in the person of God. In the actions of God, it belongs to God. It starts with the fear of God. Wisdom. Wisdom, he says, was the means by which God founded the earth. By understanding the eternal God established the heavens. And so you see, you see, Solomon's value proposition is not, look at me, I'm a wise guru, follow my teachings and life will be great. No. <laughs> Rather, my son, when you heed my warnings, when you follow my instruction, when you reach for the wisdom that I speak of, you are reaching far beyond the intellect of man. You are reaching far beyond the material gain of money that will rot and burn. You are reaching far beyond even the wisdom of the great King Solomon. You are reaching for something that is eternal. That, that which was set before the foundations of the world. This is to be treasured. This this distinguishes the wisdom of God from all other wisdom, and it is a necessary distinction. <laughs> when you say, I am a Christian, when you say, I believe in the God of the Bible, when, when your entire existence is built on the truth of God's Word, when you buy into what Solomon is saying, that the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom, and this wisdom surpasses all other things in value, when you do that, you are giving yourself more. You are giving yourself two more than just 
the latest academic paper that will expire in 50 years. You are giving yourself to more than just the culture of the day, what society finds appropriate. You are reaching for the eternal, the source. The source of wisdom matters greatly. And if the source is the eternal God, we had better sit down and listen to him when he says, or when he speaks, and what he says ought to be of great value to us. It is worth listening to. That is the source of wisdom. Fourthly, the safety and the security of wisdom. Verse 21 to 26. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and there will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. My son, my son, my daughter, hold on to these things. Hold on to the things of God. They will be life for your soul and they will be adornment for your neck. Then you'll walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. No one, no one likes to stumble. One of the most embarrassing things that could happen to us is to stumble in a public place. It provokes laughter and mockery. It interrupts your journey. Imagine you're on your way to a job interview and you slip and fall into the mud. Your clothes are dirty and muddy and ragged. You can't just carry on as you were before. Here's an exercise to try when you get home. Think through the times in your life when you have stumbled. Think it through. Think of cause and effect. Think of where it started and how it ended. Most, if not all of my stumblings, have started with this. I lost sight of the things of God. And I did not keep sound wisdom and discretion. And because I lost it and I did not keep it, they were not life unto my soul. And they offered no adornment to my neck. And so I stumbled. And so I stumbled. My son, my daughter, do not lose sight of the things of God, the wisdom of God. There is security in these things. It keeps you from stumbling. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. There's a terrible irony to me reading this late Friday night when my sleep was certainly not sweet. But with that being said, I do, I do find these words so relevant in South Africa 2024 <laughs> where many live in fear. Fear of being mugged Fear of abuse, fear of rape, fear of a house breaking, fear of our, our cars being stolen, fear of our livelihoods and the livelihoods of those we love. These are real complex issues, and most of us have probably experienced them. But what is our faith in? What is our faith in? Do, do we live in fear? 
it ought not be so for those who look to God. Now, by all means, have your pepper sprays and electric fences. Don't, don't come tomorrow and say they robbed you and Daniel said, get rid of that stuff. <laughs> but here it is. Here it is. When, when you put your children to sleep at night, what assurance do you have of seeing them the next day? Is it, is it the electric fence? Or is it that God holds and keeps and cares for his own? When you lay your head down on your pillow and you close your eyes and you, you wait for sweet sleep to come down upon you, what is it that you rest in? Do you rest in knowing God? Or do you live in fear? Do not be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. <laughs> One thing about growing up in a Christian family and Christian school and spending much time in church, long before I knew the sweetness of salvation, <laughs> the fear of hell had been instilled in me. <laughs> long before grace, I knew how God punishes sinners the ruin of the wicked. It's a healthy fear for an unbeliever to have. But are you saved? Are you, are you in Christ? Are you walking the path of godly wisdom? Then there ought to be comfort and security in this. You need not fear the ruin of the wicked, for the Lord your God will be your confidence. And He... He, by His grace, will keep your foot from being caught. Fifthly, the practicality of wisdom, 27 to 30. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow, I'll give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Now this, this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Godliness and fearing God and valuing the things of God and seeking after godly wisdom. These things are inherently practical. <laughs> It's not our head being stuck in the clouds, removed from reality. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's practical. I find, I find, it's confession time this evening, I find I'm a much better man in my head than I am in reality. I am much more generous in my head than I am in reality. I'm much kinder. I am far godlier in my head than I am in reality. I think, I think I'm a nice guy. <laughs> but when push, when push comes to shove, when last did I genuinely love my neighbor? When last did I consider the needs of others above my own? When last did I care for the poor, the widows, the orphans? When lost, genuinely, in my heart, was I godly 
in seeking after the things of God. And so, and so the wisdom of God, if it be genuine, it cannot remain in the clouds, but it always brings forth action. If you be saved, if your hearts be changed, yes, think of the things of God, yes. But not only think, also do. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go, come again, tomorrow I'll give it, when you have it with you. Do you have opportunity to do good? Why don't you do it? If, if, if God has created good works in advance for his children, why, why do we sit on the sidelines and make them someone else's responsibility? When your, when your neighbor comes to you in need, why do you delay? Why do you send him home hungry when you have the food to feed him? Today, today is the day of obedience to God. There is no such thing as postponed obedience. There is just obedience and disobedience. Do you have the opportunity to do good today? Do it. Do it. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. <laughs> you can see the foolishness in this. And you can see the contentious man who plots evil against innocent people. You can see how his foolishness robs him of long life. <laughs> it's not an exact science. But the more enemies you have, the less likely you are to live a long life. You can see there is no honor in what he does. There is no pleasantness. There is no peace. And so it's not, it's not your neighbor's fault. It's not the government's fault or the police or the lady at checkers who wasn't quick enough. It's you. It's you. you. You are the one who are full of bitterness and contention. You have lost sight of godly wisdom and so your foolishness robs you of being blessed. Please, my son, my daughter, my friend, do not do these things. Do not lose sight of sound wisdom and discretion. Stay faithful in the things of God. Finally, finally, the end of wisdom. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. This is, this is Sunday school stuff. This is narrow gate, wide gate stuff. The path you choose, it ends somewhere. Enter by the narrow gate for the gate that is wide and the way that is easy, it leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. But the gate, the gate that is narrow and the way that is hard, it leads to life. And those who find it are few. Men of violence, devious men, corrupt men, wicked men, scornful men, foolish men, 
These men are an abomination to God. These men are cursed by God. These men will be disgraced because they are in enmity with God. These men have chosen the wide gate, the way that is easy, but it leads to destruction. But there's another part. My son, my daughter, my friend, unbeliever, here tonight there is another part. Look to Jesus. Jesus Christ crucified the wisdom of God. Look to him for the salvation of your sins. Take seriously the things of God. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Walk upright and you will be found in the confidence of God. Walk in righteousness and God's blessing will be upon you in this life and in the next. Be humble. Be humble and he will favor you. Be wise and you will inherit honor. Which path, which path will you choose? What do you desire? What do you desire? What, what is of value to you? Would you know the eternal God? Would you listen to Solomon's warnings? Or will you follow the world? Which path will you choose? Let us pray. Oh Lord, it is, it is my desire for myself and for those present to be found walking your paths, to be found in your word, to be found trusting in you, to be standing steadfast against the world. And so I pray, pray to that end, Lord, even even us who are saved. May your words, your warnings, may your truth, may it not grow dull in our ears and our hearts. Set it on fire once more within us. May it be of value to us. For the unbeliever, Lord, undoubtedly there is at least one here tonight. For the unbeliever, I pray, open their eyes. Open their eyes, draw them near unto yourself. Pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.